for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is August 23rd, 2022, and today's guest is the bow hunting fiend, Greg Litzinger. Welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 232. Today's guest is Greg Litzinger, the bow hunting fiend, and he is from New Jersey. I've had him on a couple times. I've actually got to know Greg uh, about four years ago and, and finally got to spend some time with him um, at TAC this uh, this summer up here in Michigan. He came to Michigan, and we had a good time, and uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's He's a DIY bow hunter, um, public land, private land, you know, the whole gamut. And he just, he's doing some really great things. And, you know, it's, it's one of those guys that, uh, he just has a, has a passion for it. And, you know, he does things his way and, and, and it, he's successful. And I just like to see that, you know, it might not be year in and year out, but if it's not year in and year out, it's every other year. He's just, it seems like he's getting it done a lot and, a pretty consistent basis. So I just thoroughly enjoy talking to Greg, you know, as a buddy as well, but just getting him on here and just BS and cutting it up a little bit and, uh, talking some deer hunting stuff. So that's going to be today's podcast. I don't want to get too much of what we're talking about. You'll get that in the podcast. I do have a, a little bit of announcement last week. I kind of preempted, you know, I got something possibly on the horizon and, uh, I can officially talk about it. The fall podcast is partnered with Garmin. Yes, Garmin, and I'm thoroughly enjoyed and happy about that. Um, I've been shooting a Garmin site for uh, since since the summer of 2019, so uh, it's been uh, you know a couple years I've been shooting them. It's made me a better archer in the moment of truth, really, uh, during hunting season. And honestly, I think for new archers and you know people that are just getting into it or lesser experienced archers like getting them then them into hunting, I think it's perfect for them. Uh, so they, they're not up in a tree, like ranging, 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 and, you know, moving a site or trying to learn how to gap shoot or anything like that. Like I said, like, I just feel like it makes them more confident. It's all about confidence. And that's what I'm going for. We owe it to these animals to, you know, have an ethical kill. And I'm going to try to do whatever I can 
to do that. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, why don't you just practice with the other site with a fast Eddie XL or, you know, a one pin or a multi pin. I've done that. I've been there. I, it's not that I don't practice with it. It's just that I think this is a better route and, um, why not use it? I guess that's, that's where my thought is. So it's a long dissertation of why <laughs> or that we're partnered with Garmin now. So it's, it's pretty exciting. We'll have more information on those and I'm, I'm, I'm going to break it down a little bit more, maybe in its own podcast, but, uh, and I would like to bring Brandon Brinkman on from Garmin and, and talk to him about the sites and, and everything that goes with it, but it's a really cool piece of product and, uh, I'm excited for it. So next I want to talk a little bit about Exodus, uh, outdoor gear and, you know, Velvet Fest is still going on, but right now um, they are running a deal. So if you're not familiar with hashtag Velvet Fest, it's the official start to deer season. Everybody knows that. Get your cameras out. Everybody's got their cameras out. Hopefully, if not, you're probably late to the game. I shouldn't say late. I mean, everybody's got their own process. So who am I to sit here and tell you that you're late to the game with your trail cams? Do you? Sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna digress a little bit because I did not mean that. Do you? Uh, but it's time to get your cameras out, and this is exclusive to podcast listeners. If you use the code SUMMERBUCKS at checkout and save 18%, um, they're extending this deal through the month of August, so don't overlook, look, don't overlook this unique savings opportunity and experience true dependability when it comes to cell camps. Don't forget that Exodus also has a five-year warranty. No other trail cam that I know of has a five-year warranty. Literally half a decade, you'll be covered by the Exodus five-year warranty. So if you guys want to know more about these, go check out Exodus cameras at exodusoutdoorgear.com. I still have not one bad thing to say about these things. I really enjoy them. So check them out. Also Vector Custom Shop, Custom Arrows, check them out as well. I had some couple, or a couple people asking me about them this weekend. And uh, I've usually every Friday they come live. So when they do, use the code FALL10 to save you some money on some new arrows. Get those coming because I know that it's going to get longer and longer before you can get them because everybody wants them right now. So use the code FALL10 uh, to save you some money on some vectors. Helix Broadheads, use fall hx 10 for some helix broadheads get those things coming man hundreds 125s 150s 175s 200s 225s whatever you want go check them out um you're not going to be disappointed also pick up a sharpener so you can resharpen those broadheads after running them through a foam target to get ready for season so check them out helixbroadheads.com uh and last but certainly not least latitude outdoors latitude tree saddles in my opinion is efficient they are versatile they are light and they're made for the mobile hunter go check them out latitudeoutdoors.com get your saddle coming get a platform there i know that the platforms are possibly in stock right now but i know that they're cutting more so get everything coming season is here it's upon us i mean i'm leaving for kentucky next week for the opener and next week so guys don't be slacking get your stuff done so yeah, with that being said, let's get over this interview with Greg. Uh, long dissertation, sorry about that. Got to keep the lights on. So thank you guys for all the support. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. That is always greatly appreciated. And here's this interview with Greg. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. And uh, today, I've got the bow hunting fiend, 
the man, the myth, the legend from New Jersey, Greg Litzinger on again. Greg, thank you very much for hopping on tonight, buddy. Yeah, it's been uh, been on a few times. Yeah, dude. You know, I was looking back. You and I met, I mean, through social media, talking on the phone. You were episode number 17 of my podcast. So that was uh, four years ago. So really, it it was crazy. I've I've known you for four years, and we actually got to... You know, drink a couple of yeah. adult beverages together and get a yeah. little tipsy. <laughs> yeah, you actually you were, you were uh, out shooting me there too. The rain's there. No, 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 like, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> my game up here. Yeah, just some uh, dude. If it makes you feel any worse or better, I just put my sight tape on a couple days before that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I am not a good archer. Like I don't claim to be, you know, the the best archer in the world and. Um, I, you know, we, so everybody that listening, we, you know, finally got to meet face to face at TAC Michigan this year. Dude, we had a blast. That was so much fun, wasn't it? it, There's some diehards up in Michigan. Like I was telling Clint that like, uh, you know I mean? Like, I don't know if it's cause like, you're just kind of the way the state is designed in between the lakes, whatever, but like, there's a lot, Michigan's like a self-contained state. Like it could literally break away from the United States and become its own country and you guys would thrive <laughs> quite well because you got everything. Yeah, you know, got you, there's just so, so much going on. Uh, and it, uh, the, the, the amount of, you know, outdoorsmen that are in that state's crazy. You I know. know it's like, it's nuts. It's like, all you guys are like, there's some diehards. I mean, like I was like, everybody I talked to attack was like, a, I mean, I either want to be diehard or diehard. And I'm like, wow, New Jersey. I mean, we're populated, but we ain't got diehards like that. Like, well, you know, and the it's funny, not on that level. You, you know, and it's it's interesting you say that because you know, coming from Michigan and, and born and raised here, and you hear a ton of people talking about PA, rich tradition, New Jersey, yes. rich tradition, Wisconsin, rich tradition. So, like, you know, for you to come from a state like that. And come to a, a state like this and say, uh, you're on another level. Like, I really want to yeah. know where, like, Michigan ranks in yeah, that rich tradition era. Like, uh, you know, are they? Not that I care yeah. if they're number one or what it is, but I just want to know because, dude, that's all I've ever known is is that, yeah. is that you know, diehard mentality, really. And and the, the amount of hunting companies that are out of Michigan have come out of Michigan – it's yep. just crazy because you're like, wow, like people live and breathe hunting and fishing up there. Like that is like, that's, it, it is, it's crazy for me. Cause it's like, you know, I live in a very populated state and like we got the shore fishing. Like there's, there's a lot of diversity here on that aspect from Jersey, but the, the diehards are, you know, let's say there's a lot of wannabes, you know, in New Jersey, I would call them, you know, like, like good hunter, like, not want to be in a bad sense, but like right. they want to be like this, but they have other obligations. You know, they're when fishing season's in, they're they're fishing. When hunting's in, like they're hunting. Yeah. Like some of the guys I talked to Michigan, I mean, because I'm strictly all deer now for the most part, but these guys were all they do is deer. And it's like yeah. think about deer, like everything. I'm like, wow, like I think about deer a lot, but I take breaks a little bit. Like I, <laughs> I like I step away. Yeah. Like some of these dudes, they just don't step away, and I'm like, holy smokes, man. It, yeah it's motivating because it's like, wow, okay. Like I need to step my game up because maybe I'm slacking these last couple of years. I don't know, but it's like, it kind of, uh, 
made me rethink some of my uh, my approaches on things, like talking to other people and how they hunt and 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 their methods. I'm like, all right, you guys are, are doing it. Like, I need to get back in that you know that mindset again. I guess. Yep. You know, I don't know if I just because got married and kids, you know, things change. But I get talking to guys that had three or four kids, like they're still out there like every weekend, just making it happen. And I'm like, oh man, I need to. I need to get some of that. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny you bring that up because I'm in the same boat you are. Young family, married. You know, I think yeah. your your daughter's even younger than mine. My daughter's going to turn five here in two weeks. Um, yeah, my daughter just turned four. So yeah, so you're right there, right with me, basically. So yeah. you know, I guess you know this wasn't even one of the questions I want to talk about today. But since we're into it, let's roll with it. But like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think you're kind of cut from the same cloth I am is in the fact of like before we were married and even when we were married, but like, you know, didn't have kids. Like it was, you know, I, I, I talked to Andy May a little bit about this when we were at tech and, and he talked about being a volume hunter. I was a volume hunter back then. Now, you know, my, my lifestyle, my, and my family, you know, not in a bad way. I don't want to make yeah. this sound bad, but it's yeah. I'm not a volume guy anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you really got to pick your battles and really get unique with the time that you have. You know, that's yeah. scouting in the summer. You know, that's mm-hmm. scouting in the or in the in the spring. I mean, in the off season and everything, and and then going and prep trees, and then and then your hunting time, and it's like. You know, you might hunt 30 days in the fall before, but shit, that might be cut to 10 days, you know, and how do you make the best time, uh, you know, the best efficient, be the best efficient with your time in the fall like that and still want to be successful. But so I guess my question to you is like, you know, how did that change for you and, and how are you adapting to that now with a young family and, and you've been a pretty diehard hunter your whole life? Um, I, I was, um, a very disciplined bot, like a vine guy, like I was in the woods every chance I could get and like wife and family comes along. It's like, all right, I can't be in the woods every second. So I've become like every other, like a, a lot of other hunters. I, I, I focus on time on strictly, you know, my vacations now for October, late October and November now. You know, so I'm trying to capitalize on uh, deer making mistakes, you know, and, and just because I can't be out there because I was I didn't do a lot of summer scouting because I was competing shooting for years. So I literally went into the season kind of cold, but I would just scout my way in you know, and then make my mistakes early in the season, if you will. Like I, I never had luck really in the early season seeing seeing bigger bucks, but I knew when the shift would happen and then I'd start making my moves aggressive hunting over the beds and it always have success but it was i was there rain sleet hail or snow now i'm like well got field hockey up uh, got softball got soccer you know so it's like oh, yeah. well, i can't be out in the woods now like i can't be out here so you know or uh, we have a family thing or you know just you know i just can't be in the woods every weekend sometimes so i'm like all right well okay well i got the first week first week and a half of september you know the first week and a half of october maybe like a weekend in mid October and then my vacations. So I've just had to change, you know, my methods and it's not going to lie. It's been a little, it's been a, a, a bit of a struggle, you know, like it's, it's been up, up and down with uh, my success, you know? 
So yep, it, it, you guys start early September, like you said, like the second week of September, right? Every year. Yes. Yes. So you guys start early, but like, do you do a lot of hunting in that September time frame, or do you basically x that off and and do you and do you kind of like and you're mentally get ready for like that October first opener? Um, I been going to, I hunted Delaware last year. They have, they start a week before us, uh, September 1st, like 10 days before us. Okay. And I put up my buddy Todd, you know, he's actually from Michigan, you know, he lives down here in Jersey now. Yep. You know, he grew up in, in the UP, you know, and so he's a, you know, he's a phenomenal hunter, you know, woodsman. So down in there, there it's beans and corn, like a lot of, uh, all that ag, which is different for me, even though I have it around here, I don't really hunt it. I just go into the woods, but down there, it's like the pressures, not as extreme as here. There's still a lot of people in the woods, but it's, it's really hot. So it's not as many people in the woods as New Jersey, I would say. So the deer will still come out, you know, that last five minutes of light in the bean fields, which is strange to me. Cause you're looking like, Hey, look, bucks in the field. You can stop, look at it. They don't run away. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh, this is like, this is how the Midwest must be, you know, because you can actually sit there and glass a deer from three yards away. You stop your, your truck. They don't run. They just keep eating. And they're like, all right. So hunting there last year and, you know, we're going to hunt there this year. And then I'm taking notes from him because, you know, he's not a big trail camera guy. He just hunts the sign going in. And so hunting with him, uh, has definitely changed my outlook and view on things, you know, so I'll, I'm trying to take some of that here in Jersey, what I seen in Delaware and, and, and hunting with Todd there and use it here in Jersey when it, when the, the season opens, you know, because the first week, like everywhere, it's probably your best time to kill a mature buck outside of the rut. Yep. And for years I didn't really mess with it. So this year I'm actually going to, you know, try and go for it. Cause it's like, what do I got to lose really? You know? Yeah, especially if you're, you know, I get, well, I was going to say, especially if you're going to Delaware to a different state, but like you talked about in New Jersey, like, but our, let me, let me ask you this now, you know, you're not much of a, a camera hunter, right? Like you, you, you use trail cams, but you're not hunting your cameras, correct? Yes, correct. I, I do like long term data type things. Right. So um, like I have... I have a dozen cameras out now since June and I don't know if I'm going to check them or have time to check them. I should say, yep. so I'm like, ah, I wanted to get to them this week. Nope. 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 I'm like, ah, well now it's getting too close for me. It's getting too close to the season for me to go in there. I'm like, ah, let me go check this camera. So I'm like, eh, well, hopefully it's still there come October. when I right. There. <laughs> right. So I guess like, you know, with that being said, you, you're, you're letting them soak, but you know, when you're coming into that, that first let's call it that first week of season now you're that for you that's the second week of september for me that's the yes. first week of october but yes. regardless like are you hopping into your best spots or are you mm. you know are, are how how are you playing that card for us it's you know you're they're coming off the summer spots are coming off the the beans but they're definitely off the beans way before light and they're coming back to the oaks so pretty much just scouting my way in like an afternoon, you know, if I'm going to set, say I'm going to go a hundred yards off the beans or whatever it might be like a field. And I'll just go like 150 yards in and just 
kind of scout my way in with a crosswind and look for acorns, you know, and if I don't see anything we're sitting up on, I might just throw up and, you know, glass or I just might head, you know, I'm out and just leave. Like there's nothing there worth hunting. Yep. You know, so it's like, I'm not going to sit there and waste an evening blowing out a, a, a spot that could be good, you know, in the, in the wrong spot, if you will. So it's like, I, I get kind of aggressive in my, my mannerisms going in because, you know, the beans start drying up around the middle of September and September, like they're, they're mostly yellow. So they're off the beans and acorns are really dropping by then. So I get a little aggressive, but not in my best spots. I'm still trying to use the food. Um, even though I'm not a food hunter, but I'm trying to use the food knowing that, all right, there is bedding back over here. I, I found some buck beds over here and kind of try to connect the dots, if you will. So still waiting for it to work. But for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I would call that like those oaks. Personally, me, I would call them like a secondary food source. So are you looking for that like secondary food source where they're they're making that transition and maybe they're getting to this area from bed a little sooner than they would be to the yes. to, to, to the primary food source? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I and here too, once the a lot of woods there's uh mostly acorn woods. You know, there's white acorns everywhere yep. and the first tree that drops, first couple of trees, I mean, it's like you can't ask for anything better. It's like when persimmons ripen, there's that small little window a week when persimmons are at their peak that deer just come right to them. Acorns are the same way. So if you can find those trees that are dropping the first ones, it's, you know, I've, I've, I've had deer come in, uh, you know, I, I've had them early season. I've had them dead to rights and just could never get a shot because of foliage or whatever. So uh, you find that first tree, you know, and pretty much the beans become secondary at that point. They'll gotcha. still hit the beans, but they're going to, you know, hit those oaks to them from the oaks. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of old fire roads and cart roads, uh, some of the, like the, the pine barren stuff I hunt. So there's a lot of good walking and driving. Like you can walk down the road, you know, drive down the road and cut tracks. Like, all right, a bunch of big tracks coming and going. So you mark it, you know, or what's going on, you know, and it's like, all right, I got bedding over here. Maybe there's probably oaks over here, you know? Yep. So there's a lot of good, uh, good trails. You can walk and cut tracks. So that's what I'm looking for really is, is looking for big tracks, you okay. know? And if I can cut a big track, try and locate the food source, like, all right, this big tracks here. I know there's some bedding over here. Where's this track going? Well, I'll walk that track, you know, to try and see where it's going. And you it know? might, might lead you to that secondary food source, like, you know, being persimmon or, Yes, an oak tree exactly. that it's dropping a lot so that you know tips you off so tell me this then Let, let's say you're going out for an evening sit uh you know first week of first week of season which would be second week of september for you let's say you know you really don't have like a a good bean on a buck, but you, you, you know, they're, they're typically in the area. So are you yes. going, are you going through an area, you know, like you said, with a crosswind, you know, just kind of stealth hunting your, you know, yes. you know, on the ground until you find that oak tree. Now let's see yes. you find that oak tree. You know, you find one that's got like, it might have a scrape underneath of it. Um, but you can tell it's a drop and it's a white oak. Are yes. you, are you sitting right up on it right away? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, a prime example is last year in uh, Delaware. So we had, uh, Todd and I went down a few times and we had this big nine 
on this big old six pointer coming out to every time we went down there, they were in this little pocket of beans, small little bean field. And we're like, all right, he's there. So we get down there and we got hit with the hurricane. So a uh, big tropical storm. Like I went in there in the evening knowing the storm was going to come. And I kind of went in right where those deer were. I'm like, all right, I got in, I set up, you know, and the storm kind of forced me out a little bit, which, which was a good thing. Washed my scent out. So the next morning I was like, all right, they're coming out of the beans. I'm going to go up, you know, try and, and it took me three days, but I found the oak trees that they were hitting. And in one evening I had both of them come down and it was like a oak tree, but a bunch of oak trees dropping. I was sitting in one, the, the one oak tree and I pulled back and the mistake I made, I pulled too far back. And I had that big nine and six feeding on some other oaks, which I didn't know were there at the time. You'll come down this little scene there and they were, I had them at 40 yards. If uh-huh. I would have hunted the tree close, like I pulled back really far. I'm like, these does could be coming in. I don't know what's going on. So I, I played it safe and it cost me. And it was my last evening there basically. So it's like, I should have, I should have played it aggressive and I played it conservatively and I watched the you know, 130 inch nine pointer. Mm. And then this, this big hammer of a six pointer, like he had soda cans for bases. You know, like, <laughs> if I had a chance to shoot the, uh, either one of them, I would have shot that six pointer. He was bigger, badder than the other deer. You know, he wouldn't have scored as well, but you just look at him like, wow, that is just a phenomenal looking deer. Yep. And that evening on the way out, like walking back to my truck, I found that nine pointer sheds from the year prior. No way. Yep. Someone else, like, because he had this weird little uh, bump on this one side. And sure enough, I found the shed. I looked down, I was like, holy shit, there he is. Wow. <laughs> and I don't find sheds at all. And I'm like, this is September. And it was from the year before, untouched, not a mouse, nibble, or nothing. That's so crazy. He's living in the, Yeah, he's living in an area. And this year, of course, it's corn everywhere down there. So I'm like, uh, well, I'll have to wait till another year, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm going to take you back a couple steps. When you find that, like, you found the oaks, like, put yourself yeah. in that position. You found those oaks, and you're like, man, this is it. But did you ever have that thought, like, I need to push in a little bit farther and just kind of, like, do a speed tour around, you know, just Once to I, see what else is there? I, or was it like this is you, – you basically put it all in, you know, all your eggs in this basket? Yeah, like, once I got to – because I said it – there was a bunch of droppings, you know, I, I caught a bunch of droppings. So I kind of stayed out and there's, a, I call them blueberry bushes, whatever they were down there, but they're like waist high stuff. And so I stayed, tried to stay out of that stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm trying to like use the terrain, a slight rise, you know, and there's, I was getting up on some houses. I'm like, all right, I don't think they're going to be running houses because I can hear some dogs. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I was like, all right. And then I could see, like, kind of opened up. I got my binoculars. I'm like, all right, there's an oak tree. There's a bunch of oaks. So I kind of went where, you know, I didn't think they were coming, would be coming from, you know, down into this. And I come in, it was like, ah, I'm like standing in the oak tree and just dropping everywhere. Big turves. I'm like, ah, you know, and I like panic because I'm like, I, I got, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Right. So it's like, I'm like, well, I'm going to hunt right here. So I just backed off to that, like right, right where my scent was. You know, I kind of just, I kind of just backtracked. I'm like, all right, well, I'll be here. If something catches my scent, I can shoot them. And I should have just, you know, sat right there where I, I, right where that tree was. Cause that's where my ground scent was anyway. I just made a, you know, just a dumb error. But yeah, just scout your way in and, you know, and uh, get aggressive, I guess. It's, cause, 
since that, that first week, they're going to sense human pressure and I'm getting in their comfort zone. So I'm going to blow this tear out, but I'm going to give it, you know, you know, hunt them in like a little quadrants. All right. I'm going to go here, just push them a little bit further, a little bit further because, you know, I got said three or four days is all I really got sometimes. Yep. So I don't mind being aggressive because the odds of me coming back here. Cause once they catch my ground scent, the jig is up anyway. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like, well, why not be aggressive? You know, it's like, if I do blow it, it's not rut. It's early season. Like I got time to regroup. There's plenty of deer out and about early season. I can, you know, go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. And it, and it you know, you were in Delaware at that time, right? So like that wasn't yeah. your, your home state. So yeah, I feel like that kind of might sometimes play it like in, into my decision-making that plays into like, I can be a little aggressive. Cause I, I mean, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to come back yet or not or something yeah. or, you know, so let's get a little aggressive. I maybe. That, I had I, I that same here with like, with my, like for me, hunting aggressive isn't, it doesn't really bother me. Cause I like my bed hunting style. Like I get aggressive almost every sit anyway. So me going after, you know, where I see mature buck sign, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't weigh me down, I guess. I don't really think about like, oh, this is going to hurt my chances of this deer. Okay. I have so many different spots, you know, and I'm, and I'm not hunting one particular deer. Like, you know, like, like Jake Bush, like he narrows in that one buck. I'm yep. not that guy. Yeah. You know, like I, there's, you can kill five bucks in New Jersey. There's a lot of, uh, poaching and stuff like that. So for me, fantasizing about one buck, um, I don't know. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. You yeah, know, being that you can kill five bucks. So this state, in some zones, you can kill six. I think so. It's like trying to fat, you know, fantasize about one buck. I think for me personally, it would just drive me crazy because I'd always be like, I'd pass on a good deer. Ah, maybe he's still here, and then I don't shoot nothing for two years because that deer got shot you know, or hit by a car or whatever <laughs> two weeks prior. Yep. So I'm like, first mature buck comes in, getting it. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I was the same way though. You know, you get emotionally attached to a deer and it's like, yeah. God, like I, I want that yeah. deer. That is my deer. You know what I mean? And it's yep. like, that's a different level. That's, that's a, that's a whole different game to play. Yeah. That's a, and I, I'm a, like, I'm a decent hunter. Like I don't consider myself phenomenal or great. Um, but I don't think my brain's wired to go after just one particular deer. I think that for me, that would, I would get, cause I, I can get really, um, like laser like focus and discipline on something where everything else falls to the wayside. Like if I get so disciplined or, you know, or, you know, focus in on something, I, and I think I wouldn't enjoy getting up and going hunting. Like it would to me almost be like a job. Yep. Like when I was competing, like going to win, it becomes so I get so obsessed over it. Like I don't enjoy myself. Like when I'm training and stuff like that, like it's not enjoyable. Like I'm here to win. So I get so focused on the you know, become first place or, or, you know, being the best in the state or whatever it might be. Like I know my, my behavior and my mental makeup for me doing that to a deer. I don't think I would enjoy it. I think it would kind of, I wouldn't say cheapen the, the season, but I wouldn't you know, take all the moments in that happens. The yep. sunrises, the birds, the squirrels. Cause like, all right, go like, it'd be like almost like a competition for me. And I don't, I don't think that's healthy for me. Well, um, especially with a family. Oh, <laughs> for like, sure. Sorry, I got a deer. Sorry, I got a deer. Like, I don't think I could do that. Oh yeah. You know, in, in, 
you come home. I'm I'm sure I don't know your wife, but I'm sure if you come home one night, and you're like, yeah, I passed up like a 125 inch eight pointer. And she'd be like, huh? What? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? She's like, like, just shoot something for Christ's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> <laughs> If she's anything like my wife, and I love my wife, yeah. and she's awesome, yeah. but she'd be like, um, "You're usually a bird in the hand kind of guy," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, yeah. I know." Yeah. <laughs> like, and like I said, and I've had deer. Like I, I got a little obsessive over deer last year. Like I had a deer that was, I mean, in end of May, he was a hammer, and I got so obsessed with him. I was out in the woods every Sunday last summer looking for that deer. And like, I lost so many miles. Like I was so unprepared for season last year, and it, and I, I think it cost me because I was looking for this deer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh my god, he's a monster!" And I learned camera bomb. I you know, I was like, cutting tracks. I'm I'm doing everything I could. And then like season rolls around, like, man, I'm not really ready. Like I didn't like do my entry and exits in some other spots. So it's like I kind of ruined a few sits because I'm like, um, I don't know how to get here in the dark. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, a lot of times I'll go out at night at 10 o'clock at night and I'll walk to my stand in the dark or I can get to this because in the dark and daylight, it's completely different. You know, I get like, you know, super particular about some spots. I'm like, I, uh, there's this wall of briars. If I get stuck in here, every deer is going to hear me. I need to go to the left of this. But you go there in the dark, you're like, where the hell's the briars at? Next you know, you're like, you're in it. You're like, how do I get in, out of here? So, and I don't use eye shine by any means. Like I use, you know, all the, software like all right the waypoints go in and like all right you'll hear set breadcrumbs to my tree 50 yards every 50 yards put a breadcrumb down so nobody knows where i'm hunting yeah well i i want to give you a little bit of credit because i think you know i've started like i said you and i've known each other for four years now and when i really started diving into your stuff dude like i think you're you're part of that elite group really i mean you're doing stuff that uh a lot of guys aren't doing and 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 honestly i just love watching your youtube stuff and if anybody hasn't watched <laughs> greg's youtube stuff go to bow hunting fiend on youtube and just just watch this attention to detail i don't know why you're yeah. laughing man because <laughs> i love it i was just it's uh i think years of uh you know and growing up like looking back now like i have some guys in like high school like even like my dad you know i remember as a kid going out with him he would like cut a uh, limb off or something that he would put dirt on it, or cover up with dirt. Yeah. He's the guy for the deer It's for the deer. It wasn't for the deer. Or maybe he thought it was like, it's for people. Exactly. So it's like all that <laughs> stuff. You're like, you look at all the stuff. It's like, or, you know, and like my dad and you know, maybe we were hunting in little gray areas. Well, maybe it's private. Maybe it's public. Like, I, I don't really know because I was, you know, 10 years old, but I'm like the stuff my dad would do like very particular. Look at things like you don't walk in mud. You don't leave boot prints. You know, and then I hung, hang around trappers. They're the same way. They're very particular with how they do stuff. And you're like, there's a method. These, these guys are on to something. So yep. I take that and try to learn from other people. Well, and what I like about your stuff is how you break things down, you know, and how, how you know, you just put out a video series about, you know, doing like micro adjustments because, you know, based yeah. on trail cam data. Like that to me yeah. is like, you know, breaking things down that way is just, uh, it it's what I call like the game inside the game. You know yes. what I mean? Like there's all these mini deals, mini games that like, yep. you know, getting in an area that you think is just like it produces every year or it should, and there's something yep. wrong. Okay. We'll figure that out. And yeah, you know what I mean? And then like break it down from there well, and, 
and how and how can how can you change it a little bit and like you talked in your last video like literally you're making like to me is like a micro adjustment and it, yeah. it's you know it could be like a 60 yard change yes and that puts yep. you right in the game yep and i think i, I think the first podcast i ever did with uh zach and aaron we're here with with uh midwest whitetails and um like i talked about like deer and, and and prey and predators like deer don't get angry when they they smell a human they just know it's danger and they go about they go into their safe mode like a, a wolf not going to like get angry and frustrated he's not killing he's going to make small changes right he's not going to like there's no there's no game in this thing i'm going to go 70 miles to find some game no they're going to go all right there's nothing here all right let me go over here and they're constantly just working the train and, and working what, what they're given they're not frustrated or angry because well I don't, I don't think animals can get frustrated or angry i guess but humans are like here in church there's so many so many people you know you run across human sign other people are like ah, fuck it, this place sucks look at all these humans meanwhile yeah. the buffs are like <laughs> I'm just 50 yards downwind. Nobody's seeing me. Hundred you know? percent. So it's like, and I think more if more people understood that, you know, they wouldn't. Uh, they'd have a lot more success, you know, in, in deer sightings. Maybe not killing uh, necessarily, but but sightings. Well, you know? and, and, and I I agree with you. I I just did a podcast with Kevin Leach from Latitude, and it was just yeah. him and I one on one, and we talked about he's he's a hell of a of a swamp hunter here in Michigan. Like he knows his shit when it comes to yeah. cattail swamps and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And and he talked about how he, you know, uniquely like stays away from people, but like is kind of just off and is, is being yeah. successful. And he, he kind of yeah. breaks down a little bit and how he does that. And I'm like, man, like, and then I thought yeah. to myself, like, that's kind of what Greg's doing as well. Like yeah. you're doing these little micro changes that like, yeah. You know, even it might you know not, it, you might not be you, trying to get away from a person, but you no. might have a train feature or something like that. Or like you talked in your last video, there's a, you know, a tree, a deadfall that, that yeah. had, you know, was struck by lightning or something like that. And that like was a, you know, made you a little bit out of the game. You made an adjustment and you think that's where yeah. you're going to be, you know? Yeah. And like I said, and, uh, and you gotta be willing to try. Like I, I have no, like awful, I mean, last year. I got my ass kicked and I loved every second of it. Like I hunted from beginning to end, the end of January, it was like five degrees. I was still out in the woods. Like, and the last evening I sat, I walked out in the snow, a buck walked, a buck was walking in my boot prints that I came in on. And I'm like, but it was so <laughs> thick and all the, yeah. Like I was literally, he was probably 20 yards from me and it the, had so much snow on the trees, all the holly trees and everything kind of went down. Like I couldn't see. Like I literally couldn't see, but the one trail, well, I was like, I pretty much beat him because he, he did exactly what I thought I was going to do. I was like, all right, I gotta, I'm going to turn up here. If he comes on this one trail, I can shoot him like straight down. If he comes on the other trail, it'll be like a, you know, like a 19 yard shot. Like my plan worked the last day of the season, basically. Yep. And I, I didn't see the buck, but it was like a nice track, like a big, you know, big hammer of a track. I'm like, you dirty son of a bitch. You know, but yeah. I loved every second of it. Like walking out, I was so happy walking out. I wasn't angry, but I'm like, yes, because I really struggle in the late season because everybody baits here in Jersey. So it's real difficult to get on deer if you're not hunting over bait because yeah. they're just wandering through bait piles. So it's like everything I did in like the last couple of years trying to kill a late season deer, I'm like, he was there, like it happened. Even though I didn't kill him, 
I was super excited. Like I, I, I was so excited for scouting season. Like it was like, like I was like, I couldn't wait to get back in the woods and scout and decipher that swamp a little bit more. Like I was like, I was telling my buddy, he said, you're really happy. I was like, yeah, I, I, it happened. It worked. Everything I did these last couple of years trying to figure out these year worked. He goes, dude, you're a nut. I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, dude, I, I totally know what you mean though, because you know, I, I, you know, here in Michigan on one of my private farms, um, what was it? 2000 and oh shoot. What was it? 20. I think it was, I think it was 2020. Um, I had a buck that, you know, a good buck and, and he was like, had my number and I finally found a flaw in his, in his game. And it was a doe. It was a doe. And it was like October 24th. I want to say it was, I had to go back and look at my notes. But anyway, I, I, that day, like I had to make some adjustments that day and I've done a podcast on it and stuff like that and how, you know, I had to make some moves and, and I went to a stand where I figured he would end up because that doe would bring him by me and she did. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ultimately what happened was I, I missed him. I shot over his back and I literally remember sitting in my tree that night as I watched him walk away and I could see my lighted knockout in the field just glowing with, <laughs> you know, basically saying you missed, you know what I mean? And um, I thought to myself, I'm like, I want to be so pissed that I missed, but I kept telling myself, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you just figured that deer out when, yep. you know what I mean? When you found a flaw and you made the decisions to go to this stand because this is where you figured a doe would bring him for this particular deer that night. And it happened. And the shot I can control, I can go back and work on that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The other stuff is the variables that like are not controllable. So that's a win to me. Yeah. It's that it's, you know, I've, I've competed in all kinds of sports and you don't always win. You know, but you can learn something. It's like, especially like in archery, like, you know, it, I didn't, I didn't podium, but I figured out I, how to shoot a target better. You know, the target always gives me trouble. It's like, all right, well, that's a building block because that target, you know, the next tournament, those four of them. Well, all right, boom, I got that target figured out now. Like that target is not hurting me. You know, I was like, I'm going to shoot that target well. And then boom, boom, boom. Now I'm on the podium. Yep. You know, so you can always take some. Even in the the so-called losses, there's still things to learn from. For sure. Yep, definitely. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. 
Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, hey, we're halfway through this podcast. I want to get into what I, I want to talk about. That was a great conversation. I love that yeah. shit. But let's get into something a little different today. Um, I want to talk about some gear. And selfishly, the reason I want to talk about gear is because you you are an experienced saddle hunter. I have not done it in 11 years. Things have changed. Um, I am trying yeah, to... Yeah, just a tent. No more diapers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am trying to get a system down. And, and I can tell you this right now. A couple days ago, I went out and uh, prepped a couple trees. And actually, I, so I've been I've been using the saddle on the ground at my house quite a bit. And, it, you yeah. know, like a foot off the ground. But I don't have... Yeah. I have one tree in my yard because I built my house and I took all the trees down but one tree. And the thing is so freaking huge. I can't... Like, it's got branches everywhere and it's really hard to get into. But um, I have a telephone yes. pole that I've been using. But so anyway, I went and yeah. <laughs> prepped some trees and I got up 20, 25 feet in a couple trees one day. And I'm like, I really realized how how bunk my uh, system is. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to figure out some uh, trinkets here, some DIY to-dos and to-don'ts and what to use and stuff like that. So um, I, I want to get into that a little bit. So I guess first and foremost, let's go through your gear list. Like, you know, from a higher higher end, like, you know, what are you using this year for saddle-wise, platform, sticks, you know, stuff like that. Let's get into it a little bit. Um. I love the latitude method uh, too. Um, I was I hunted in the single panels from a few manufacturers, and even like latitude single panel, like they're nice, like they're comfy, and but the the two panel really suits me a lot better. Um, I don't know if it's because of my body shape or just how I sit, but I I use the uh, the method two. Pretty much sitting in it almost like a swing. Um, I have both panels pretty much under underneath my my butt, and I'm a, I use a long tether. I don't use a short tether. I, mine's kind of long. It helps me get around the tree. And I'm a ring of steps guy. Um, the latitudes there. Uh, they got the new X-wing platform. When I get mine, I'll be using that with probably two uh, ring of steps attached to that in the platform. I love the being able to shoot around the tree and I just I'm more comfortable with a ring of steps. There it's a and their their platform with a ring of steps with two steps, I it'll be pretty rad, I think. What what um, ring of steps are you using? I have I have the Bullmans and I have the tree hopper or is it the tree hopper ones? Um but yeah, I have two sets. Um, they're both uh, good. Uh, the Bullmans, they're uh, they, they don't get as tight to their tree. Um, so I mean, they get tight. They don't slip at all. Like, but they require a little more set in. The other, I guess, it's a tree hop on. I don't even know where they are. Um, I'm actually looking at them right now. Tree, tree. Oh, there's nothing. Yet. Uh, we'll go with tree hopper. Maybe it's not, but <laughs> it's uh, 
the trees. Yeah, I don't know, but they're uh, they're they're nice. They have a, a little more uh, steeper angle on them upwards, so they kind of bite your boot a little bit better than the Bullmans. Um, I said, I don't think if you can get a good strap, like I said, I use the OCB, the Eastern Woods OCB, and um, uh, it just works for me, you know. I don't think you can go wrong with with any ring of steps. Yeah, you know, my buddy Clint, he used the the squirrel steps, I guess, the aluminum ones, and yep. I, I have them. I don't like them; they're too narrow. I'm not a fan of them personally, but some guys love them. So it's like you have to try a few with and see which one works for you. And but I'm I'm pretty much like a sitter. You know, I'm, I'm more I, I s- kind of sit slash lean more than lean. Does that okay. makes sense. Yep. You know, I, I get in close and I pretty much I sit in a tree with my ring steps, almost like a, like around a motorcycle. Like I put my two feet on the outside of the tree and then I kind of swing into a tree a little bit. And my knees hit the tree. So my face is really close to the tree, but my knees, you know, are barely touching the tree and my feet are kind of out a little bit. And uh, for me, I've had a lot of knee surgeries and a lot of other things going on. It just seems to work better for me comfort wise are you then uh, using a straight platform i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you are you using knee pads yes uh, the lattice and knee pads um i've if sometimes when i'm going to do an all-day sit you know especially like like four or five days in a row like during a rut i'm sitting all day like i'll bring a a, a pad plus my knee pads um just to give a little bit more comfort because sometimes i'll take the knee pads off you know and just uh and just do knee into the knee pad, um, especially if I'm going to take like take a nap or whatever. Uh, I'll swing the knee pads to the side and dig my knees into the tree, and then kind of take a nap that way. I just get like a better bite because it seems like it's a it's a larger thing. To put my knees on. It's yep. just like a piece of bark, whatever you know. I got gotcha. you. And camera arm uh, said the loom of custom. I just bought the. Another camera arm I'm going to try out. Um, Something you think and, is better than the custom gear setup? The pocket arm? Uh, the, the pocket arm, I, I have issues. Um, and I'm the only one I, I, that I know that have issues. Like, my balls always come loose on, 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 the, on the arms. I don't know why, but they're always coming loose. I literally ha- I carry a rent set in my bag that I have taped up. So when it gets loose, I can tighten them up. I don't know. Why I've changed the bulbs? I mean, I fix things for a living. I, I can't figure it out. <laughs> so it's like really, uh, yeah. I, I think one of the holes is this oblong, you know, and it just allows the allows it to, you know, get loose somehow. I don't know. My well, buddy, I talked to him. He's he's a machinist. If I don't like the other arm, I'm gonna just send it to him, have him drill it out, put brass bushings in. You know, so it's perfectly square in the center. Right. You know, so when the bolt goes in there, it's straight up and down. I, I think one of the holes just misaligned, and it just kind of binds the arm up a little bit, and the, they start loosening. So, other than that, like, what's your what's your what's your take on the pocket arm? Because I just I just got one this off season, and honestly, I think for self filming, I think it's going to be the only way yes. to go. To be yes. honest with you. Yeah, it's uh, they said. Everybody uses it, loves it. And I was like, I don't know if I just got like a lemon. It's like a love hate. Like when, and it don't like loosen up all the time. Like I'll go two or three weeks. I'm like, man, this thing is great. 
and then it gets loosened if I move it three times. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, it's always like yeah. when you're hunting, it was like, oh, there's a deer, you got to move. And it's like, oh, and you're like, whoa, I got to you know, reach my bag and my wrenches and tighten it up real fast. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why, you yeah, know, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, it, it works when it works. It's phenomenal. When those bolts, when that one bolt loosens up, it's like, I want to th- smash this thing with a hammer. <laughs> yeah, but it costs too much money to smash with a hammer so i'm like ah, i'll just tighten up i know up. they don't it's, yeah. it's, it's they don't give them away i'll say that <laughs> yeah so, uh, uh like i said once i get that figured out i, th- I think I'll, I'll if i get it figured out like i'll probably end up just at doing the the brass bushings but i mean that's gonna cost me 100 bucks my wife's like i can't do it for free and right. then it's like 100 bucks i'm like damn <laughs> cheap. <laughs> no it isn't uh back to your saddle a little bit like are you running side pouches or anything like what's your setup um, talk about what's on your on your saddle itself so i have i don't i used to walk in with the pouches i was like guy that had pouches both sides all my stuff in there it's not my backpack it's in my pouches well pouches get caught on everything um especially sticker bushes the material that all pouches are made of Sticker bush is like, oh, don't mind if I do. You're going nowhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I take uh, I take my pouches off and I put them in my bag. So I walk it literally with just the saddle, and that's the good thing. Like with the two panel, it's so compact and slim. Like I, I get it, you know, and and get it tight, and I put my backpack on. Like I don't worry about it. Nothing catches. You know, my, I'm pretty slim line with my uh, my profile walk, and I use a Badland Super Day uh last year and that's been great um i had the ozio Treesand uh backpack uh, as well but that's a little big for early season that'll be good for late season and cold like all day sits because that's a pretty you know uh expansive pack yep but i uh i keep my bags in my backpack and i said my, my running steps are in a bag and my bag that's got my tether you know bow hanger and all that stuff is is in there so i get to the tree take the backpack off unzip take my steps off i use the timber ninja uh carbon steps and uh i attach them to the bottom of my backpack on the on the uh on the badlands day pack almost like you would if you're you know elk hunting you, you put your your bedroll on the yep. bottom of your pack so I take all that off, put the, you know, one stick up, and then I put my pouch on my saddle when I get to the tree. And and then I put my ring of steps, I throw it over my shoulder so it's right in my chest. So, you know, and then I put the, you know, the lineman's on, climb up. And then when I get to where I'm going to put my ring of, uh, ring of steps, I uh, it's right in front of me, you know, I'm facing the tree there. So it's right in my chest. I slowly pull them out and... I tap the tree, tighten them up, and then move them around where I want. And then I secure them down, and I climb up, and I jump on the steps, get them secure. And then I set my tether. You know, I use the latitude bow hanger strap. Yep. And I use the, the jawbone bow hanger from, what's it, BK Outdoors out of Michigan. Like, they're out of Michigan. Um, it's an aluminum bow hanger. I tried the poly ones. I tried, like, the hero clips. This is just an old school aluminum one that fits in there and it's good. It's solid. Don't have to worry about it. I like it. Okay. Explain that to me a little bit. Like how does that setup work? Because 
that's that's one of my biggest hiccups right now. Like everybody's telling me to do hero clip or something, and I'm trying to like research and like what are the options yeah. out there because I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I'm going to hang my bow. You know, all yeah, the like with the latitude gear strap is is honestly the best option for because the, everything's adjustable. All those loops are adjustable, yes. and what I'm going to yes. do is just use S beaners you know, for my yes. grunt call or my backpack or something like yeah. that. But like, like, how are you hooking your bow up then? I, uh, like I said with that, that BK ones, it hooks on like the poly ones. It just goes in there. Uh, and I, I put in two parts of the, cause latitude, it's the, the gear straps kind of thin. So I double it up with the other strap. So then it goes in the, the BK one that loops around and it's just a, it's an L like an invert, you know, L with a, it, it angles upward. So your bow, it just sits in there and it don't move. Um, the problem with the the hero ones is there's a lot of movement with it. You know, you got to get your limb on it. And like, and I, I shoot the carbon icon. It's it's a narrow, it's a narrow limb bow, solid limb bow. And that hero one, because you got to tape it all up, you put it on there. Well, sometimes you go take it off, like the tape and everything grabs your your limb. Like it, it's not as like a smooth. For me, it's like it doesn't come off smoothly sometimes. The BK one, it's a slider off. You pick it right up. You know, it don't move. It's just, it's aluminum. So and it's just fixed. There's new moving parts. I'm and, looking. I'm looking at it right now online, and I like that. I like that setup. Yeah. It literally slides right into that that strap, and yep. then, you know, you've probably got at least four inches of clearance of just hanger. You know yes. what I mean? That you can just yep. hang. You could either do, you know, your cam. You could put it in your cam. Yep. Which that's how mm-hmm. I always usually hang yep. my bow up is just by the cam, um, because I you know I shoot a Matthews, which the split yeah. limb you know how big those split limbs are like yes. it's it's a wide uh-huh. profile on those Matthews so yes. I like to do the cam. Yeah. So I like, I mean, I like a, that setup though. I, I'm looking at and it. I, I, like tried, it. I bought I bought two 3D printed bow hangers, and man, they just flex too much. Like it, it's just for me, uh, it's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not risking that. Like aluminum, listen, it, it's strong. You know what you're getting yep. under all temperature extremes, like whatever, you know, um, cause I've had some of the, the 3d printed stuff from a few manufacturers. Like, like I've had stuff break on me because you know, it's, it's hard to get good quality control of that stuff, you know, cause it's not, you know, you know, it, some guys, are just pumping out volume, you know, but like aluminum. Yeah. I, I, I work industrial maintenance. Aluminum is pretty good stuff. So <laughs> as soon as I seen that aluminum bell hanger, I was like sold. And I bought it as soon as I seen it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it says it's, and from, it weighs 1.5 ounces and it looks like it has like a, almost like a rubbery, like a rubber, yeah. you know, molded, yeah, rubber dipped. yeah. Rubber yep. dipped. Like I could see it being, you know, you probably wouldn't yeah. have to do any, um, stealth yeah, stripping the, or anything on that. Yep. And the, the pouch on the, the, the latitude's big pouch, the zipper thing, it slides right in there and you oh, zip really? it right up. Yep. It oh, slides right beautiful. in there. fits right in there. So I'm like, sweet, you know, and I have a separate strap for my backpack. Um, I have a, a paracord and, uh, little, um, what is it? The, the hitch thing there, but, uh, the adjustable hitch. I'm drawing yep. a blank. No, I know what you're talking about. I, I'm can't think of a deal. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Wow. 
that's terrible. But uh, yeah, I, I use a paracord that because when uh, you have your bow and the backpack, I, I like I carry a lot of stuff, you know, and, and the because if I sit all day, like I'll I have enough. I'm not a minimalist when I go out in the woods. Like I don't mind. Listen, I'm not counting ounces. Like if I look at it, if you're counting ounces for whitetail, just work out more, man. Like seriously, like, <laughs> yeah. like and people are like oh, I walk two miles. Odds are you're probably walking like 400. You're just out of shape. So that 400 yards seems like it's two miles. Like <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah, that is so the that's truth. just called because two miles straight. Like that's been far, man. Like that's really far. Like far, far. To walk, say you're walking two miles in, two miles out. I walked the first buck I killed in the mountains, and I had a loam of climber and like camera get all stuff. Like I was at like 48 pounds that morning that was 1.7 miles and it sucked and that was the that was probably the furthest i walked for a deer i'm like i'm insane and i killed a big buck but i was like dude that's not see my buddy's like why are you walking as far as i could kill a deer i got lucky i killed a deer but it's like if we didn't kill a deer i would have sucked because <laughs> it's like yeah. we're going to back door and we're going all the way around i mean like jake bush does that stuff you know you got to go up and down so but whatever you know back <laughs> Sorry, sorry for the rant. Yeah, um, <laughs> get off your soapbox. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I use, like I said, paracord, and I put my backpack on that because I do move my backpack uh, when I get snacks or whatever, or or swing around. Like that's what's good about the ring of steps. It's like you're set up. Like I think the deer are coming from here to here. Well, they might be coming somewhere else. Well, the ring of steps, you can literally just rotate around a tree. You know, and I can take the take my bow hanger off, slide the jawbone, you know, to its new position, and then with my backpack, um, uh, paracord, I can just lift it up and just rotate it so it's out of my way. So I can make um, adjustments without having everything attached to my backpack attached to the, the bow hanger strap. You know, I got um, you. So that's why I, I do it. You know. Okay. If you if you know if you if you like it. These deer are coming off here, and you're pretty good at picking your spots. Like the the backpack a hanger on their straps, phenomenal. But I always get twisted up, or I just want to move things around, or whatever. I I don't know, you know. Yeah, and that that's what I'm trying to dial in right now. And literally, I'm, um, you know, I, I was never a ring of steps guy. Like when I used to saddle hunt, I was that guy. Like that's how I yes. learned, but it was always the screwing steps. There was yeah, never like awful. an, there wasn't like really an option of like, you know, just a strap step. So yeah. that's like something I'm seriously considering with that X-Wing. I'm going to run the X-Wing this year. Yeah. When you and I are playing yes. with that X-Wing up at TAC this year or, yeah. you know, this summer, I love yeah. that thing. Like, yeah, dude, that is like, and like for me, like, cause my knee, my, all my knee surgery I've had, like, I can't sit on a platform and have my knees in a tree and my ankles back. It just kills my ankles. It makes me uncomfortable. And that X-Wing, you know, much like a ring of steps, allows you to sit almost like, in a, like you're on a dirt bike or something. And it just allows my feet and knees to be in a better, you know, angle where I can sit still motionless because I think a lot of issues people have with saddle is they're fidgety. They can't find that yeah. comfort level. And it's like, all oh, these things are fidgety. Well, you got to keep tweaking it to so you're not fidgety. And that's what's great about saddle. You can literally fine tune it for your body type, like a, a hang on or climbers. Like, well, here you go. There's no adjustment. It's like, there you go. You know, it's like, Oh, okay. Here's a seat and platform. 
Yep. You know, it's like, there's no, like some of the platform posts are real short. You know, if you've got long legs, you know, like your knees are up in your face, you know, other platforms like really tiny you stand up. You're like, man, this platform is small. Yeah. You know, or you're sitting in it. And it's like, for me, a small, uh, cause I used a big one. I used to hang on. So I had the, the lone, the big lone wolf alpha hang on because the small, the smaller salt, when I was sitting in the seat, my right ankle, I could never get it to sit straight. So I literally had to have my feet like literally hanging off the stand. So I seen deer. I had all this movement to get back up and get ready. I'm like, and I would get picked off. So with the alpha, I could put my feet at the end and not move, you yeah. know? Yep. But I had to carry all that extra weight. And I'm like, it sucks sometimes because it's like a lot heavier. For sure. You know, and, and one thing with the X-Wing, when I first saw when they – went live with it i think it was at ata i believe when it is when i saw mm-hmm. it and i'm like man I, I just don't know about that and then you know you and i spent most of a better half of you know a good day standing on that yeah, darn got, thing i up got there. sunburn i got sunburn that morning <laughs> you did. I, like, I, did. I feel like we were taking up real estate in their booth that they could yeah. have been selling <laughs> shit yeah. yeah we're just hanging out but like that thing like it's more comfortable than it is to look at it. You know what I mean? You're like, yes. man, I don't know about that. Then, then when you yeah. sit in it, it's like, wow, like there's yeah. a lot of adjustability there. And what I like about it is, and I can't wait because mine is supposed like we're recording this on Saturday here, August 13th. That's going to go live here soon. But my platform is going to be here in two days. Like I just got the notification yesterday. Like it's supposed to be here Monday. So I'm like jacked nice. because you know, I talked to Kevin and Alex about it and I'm like, yeah. I literally cannot wait to get in this thing and like, just yeah. break it down, you know, yes. for, for myself. And, um, but and the, for me, like, go ahead. Not, you don't need to, like, I don't need a lot of state when I'm standing. Like I don't really do much. The, the issue I have with the, just the straight ring of steps is if I had to change a pair of socks, because I get up, I'm sweaty. I got to put a pair of clothes on like the ring of steps sucks. Cause you're, there's nothing to stand on. Right. And it's like, and I tried, uh, what's the outer limb had a small little wedge. I tried that with a ring of steps, but it's the angle is so bad. It's like, I can't put my foot on it. So I was like, I'm trying to change the socks. I'm holding my boot, my mouth, you know, and I'm trying to change socks and it's in the dark and it's cold. I'm like, you know, it's like one of these times I'm going to drop my boot, you know, or drop my sock and then I'm going to freeze. <laughs> so it's like, so that platform, you're going to get that, ring of steps, uh, comfort that I need, but also a flat platform. You can stand up, get changed. You know, you can stand up to take the, the weight off your butt or whatever. So I'm excited for it. Well, and also like my, and I, I go to like the method too, you know, and the, the, the adjustability you have with it when, you know, with all the different, the bridge loops, you know what I mean? Like the adjustability you have there is endless. That's what I like about the most. Like you're not stuck to one thing. Like you have a lot of different feels, however you want your saddle to feel, you can make it feel that way with that adjustability. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I've, I've sat in other two panels and they're a lot bigger. Um, and you feel that walking in, like even like it's the single panel, like you feel it walking in. Like there's, you know, I won't call it like a diaper feeling, you know, but like the, the method two, it's so slim and compact. Like you walk in, like when I walk in, like you can catch me on a trail camera, like walking in, you can't even tell I'm wearing it. So it looks like I'm just a guy with a backpack 
and a set of sticks walking in. Like I have a hang on somewhere. Yep. So when I, if I'm on someone's trail camera, I'm just the guy that has a hang on somewhere. So it's like, to me, it's like, it's, um, it's like it's stealth mode almost. Like you're walking in, like nobody knows where in a saddle. Yeah. That's, I didn't even think about that point. I mean, it's so low profile that, yep. you know, for just glancing at trail cam pictures or something like that, you might think like, Hey, this dude's yep. already got a spot somewhere, you know, with, with a yep. stand. It's on. not a, yeah. And I got in Delaware, I got uh game worm was out at my truck, just checking my stuff. So I walk out to the truck. It's hot. You know, it's like just, Skiers are off when he's standing there. It's like, where's your stand? I was like, I'm wearing it. He's like, I don't see it. Because I, I took my backpack off. I was like, I had a saddle. I was like, a saddle? I was like, <laughs> yeah, saddle. Like, he didn't was like, like an old time or whatever. I don't know. He was like, he just didn't, he just didn't get it. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, I want to talk about like your system when you get to the base of the tree. You're going in for a hunt. Um, you know, let's, let's say it's an evening sit. So you're in the daylight and everything, but like, what's your system? Are you, are you, first of all, are you only going up one time or are you making multiple trips? Um, I will set, uh, two sticks come down. Um, cause I have, uh, hangers from DIY bow hunting. It's a, a little 30 printed clip with a continuous loop on it with a little hook on it. And I hang my two sticks from it going up um so i'll set the two sticks come down and then get everything ready and uh i've done it the other way but i just bang sticks before and that way uh, the the odds of me banging any sticks together is uh, almost eliminated okay you know? so what one thing i found and you know i've been mobile hunting even with like a tree stand for the last three years exclusively um and you know the other day when i was really messing around with my system like trying to get up a tree and everything one thing i i feel like i found a hack um and it it might not be groundbreaking but when i found it i was really <laughs> excited about it okay so you know i'm 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 running the method too as well and on my left side i've got a big pouch on my right side i got a small pouch and mm -hmm. um so i can hang my first two sticks from the ground i'm tall enough to where mm -hmm. i can hang my first two sticks from the ground so what i'll do is i'll hang those i'll climb up and it, well i'll hang those and then when i'm on the ground the drawstrings from those two pouches on each side i can mm -hmm. i can put my standoffs or my you know basically the what you know what would you call it from that bites into the tree on a stick like the yeah. v bracket or whatever yeah. i can wrap those in those two drawstrings on both of my hips and i've got two more sticks there so then oh, um nice. and i just ordered a um from uh genesis 3d printing um the the 3d printing bracket for the for the uh, x-wing platform that's going to go on yes. my, basically on my tailbone so yes i can hang those first two sticks and then off both sides i have the drawstrings that are already on my pouches i just hang them there mm -hmm. and they hang perfectly i put my platform on my back i've got a doyle's uh a bow hoist that i yes. hang that i put my bow on i've got my pack on my back and then I just climb. I'm only one trip yeah. up. I only ever yeah. want to be one trip up. And even when I was hunting with a tree stand, I was only one trip up. That's what I wanted to yeah. do. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of my system in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Because I haven't run the, the – I did run platforms the last couple of years, saddle. So this year when I get the X-Wing, I'll have to 
I just use a, a gear tie for my platform. I, I stick it in the back. And okay. I just, I just hang the, but the one thing with, you know, I, I use the wild steps for a long time and I would keep them in up close up to me in the, the hip belt of my backpack. So one thing I did notice with sticks and a platform is because I run my, my right stick. I'm actually looking at the, the gear. I put it on, on the method two, the, the furthest mile loop forward is where I have my, my stick hanger. Okay. So my stick was always no chance of swinging back around. It's almost like in front of my pouch, basically. So there's no chance of that swing, that stick can swing around and hit the platform or yellow stick or whatever. So I keep the, the one stick close to my right hip and the other stick is on one, two, I'm on the third Molly loop back. And I, for me, it keeps the sticks in a, a good position where I don't get a lot of swing, swinging movements. Gotcha. And that's too, like a lot of, uh, one thing I learned, like I said, the hard way, you know, and the good thing about, like you said, with the, you know, when the lad two comes out with their sticks, that'll be awesome. Uh, but like the, the timber ninjas, it's all carbon and poly except for the standoffs. So I'll, I'll run it. So the standoffs are facing away from the tree. So if it does swing around, hit the tree, it's hitting the poly step. So it might hit the tree. I'm not going to get that ting aluminum sound. I got you. Yep. I like that. Uh, like that's the worst. That oh, you're dude. like, well, today sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. Might as well get down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what do you do? You know, let's. Do you use, uh, for those, I know you talk about those sticks or carbon and everything, but do you use like yeah. stealth strip or anything like that? No, all I did with them is where I stack them. I put hockey tape where they stack together because I kind of rotate them. I don't stack them like uh, Jason does. I stack them to uh, facing each other. So where they face each other, I just put hockey tape. And that's all I did to them. I painted them and put hockey tape. Okay. Yep. And I'm, uh, like the cell strip works. Like my buddy has it. Like I'm cheap. Like I just use moleskin and hockey tape. Yep. Um, that's what I did for years, and it seems to work. And I have like giant rolls of it, and it's cheap. And it's like, oh well, you know, if it gets wet and feels off, uh, it costs me a dollar fifty yeah. to replace it. You yeah. know, and cell strips do nice, but I'm just cheap. <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> I totally get that. Are and, you? And I'm. Go ahead. And and even like when I was using like the hang on stuff, like it was just hockey tape and stuff like, but I'm very, I'm slow. Like I'm never in a hurry getting up the tree. Like, and I'm very like deliberate. Like I don't really make a lot of fast movements. I take my time. Like even if I get to my basement tree, like if I'm running behind, I'm not in a hurry. I'm still slowly taking my time. because I don't want to make noise. You know, like I've been setting up and I've had deer come at me. And it's like, all right, well, they don't know I'm there. I'm not going to shoot one because I'm not ready, but it's like, well, all right, you know, they kind of fed through and they didn't notice I was there, but if I was in a hurry, they would have seen me making movement, stuff like that. So I try to just be slow and deliberate. Like just, if I get there late, it's cool. I'm not running through the woods to get to my tree. Like I'm just taking my time, mm -hmm. you know, slow and steady, get to the tree and something hangs up or, you know, nature calls and, uh, I, I can't get trained. I still want to take my time getting up and even coming down. Like I'm so quiet getting down and setting up like, cause I hunt close to best. Like I've already set up, you know, 20 feet up and look up and 50 yards away. Like there's a buck in the bed. 
not even looking my direction or does bedded down. Like, so I know like my method works, it's slow <laughs> and sometimes tedious because it's like, oh man, I just want to hurry up and get up here. But it's like, right. Oh, it's just easy. Just take it. It's not in a rush. You know, you waited six months for these moments. So it's like, all right, well I can wait another two minutes. You know, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you, uh, are you doing any aiders for your sticks or anything like that? Uh, just the cable waders on the Timber Ninjas, they come with the the, the cable waders built into them. Yep, they're so, the ones that built into like the post on the stick. Yeah, yep. yeah. And I mean, those things have been great when like they sent me them and they were phenomenal. And I was using Wild Ed Steps for like two years and I used Nader and Suader with them. And I'm actually looking at them right now. Like I had four, four steps with Nader and Suader. I can get like 22 feet. And I was like, man, I'm never going to be able to duplicate that with the weight. The sticks are a little bit bulkier, um, but they're um, just as good getting up in a tree. You know, um, not as, I won't say easier to get up in a tree, but um, you can be a little, uh, that's a good, good word to use. That's it. You can be a little less selective on your your how they attach to a tree. If yep. well. It can be a little crooked. You don't, you, you don't have to worry about falling out or slipping as easy. Yeah. I used those wild edge for a year for one year. I liked mm-hmm. them. I, 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 you know, if I had any beef to say about any of them, yeah. the knot is, it can be difficult at times. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but honestly, when you get that thing down, those things yeah. are sturdy and they work damn yeah. well. You know what yeah. I mean? They pack um, well and, you know, I didn't mind them at all other than then trying to get yeah. that knot to, to get in there. And like I said, with the wild ants, like I started hunting the swamps and the trees are smaller and they, they are not designed for small trees. You know, that's the only knot that I have on them is, you know, like a, a stick, big tree, little tree, you're going to get some bite on it. Like the wild ants, you know, uh, a five, six inch tree that's kind of soft. Uh, you're, you're getting into like some danger zone where, you know, it's, might not be safe going up very high. <laughs> yeah, I could see that for sure. I never had yeah, any and, kick out on me though. They all bit pretty good. Yeah, you know, and I said I, and they were like they were my mountain setup because I would do like my my backpack the three days you know off grid whitetail hunting here in Jersey, off the Appalachian Trail, and I loved them for that because they fit in my pack, and you know, and, and like my elk pack, and then when I get to the tree, they said when I would hip belts i would slide the steps in the hip belts and tighten them up so my steps were literally right at my waist uh, two and two and the one i started so i climb up pull one out put on a tree nade and sweater climb up pull one out of the thing so it's like there everything was like right there it was it was it was nice yep yeah good system they got a good system yep. there well good deal man and, uh, i uh i don't know i just had some gear talk like what uh what what other gear are you running this year that you might be changing up um, from previous years that you're trying out? Anything new that you're trying out? Mm. Man, I'm I'm pretty. Uh, when I get something good, like I'll I'll run it a long time. Like I'm very, it's very hard for me to change something that's good. You know, uh, like I did a lot of platforms here and there with a the ring of steps. You know, like I don't mind like changing the platform because they're all basically attaching them the same. Um, the ring of steps is a little, took a little while to get used to this year. They get them set up right, you know, 
in the dark and the cold and the rain and stuff. But um, as far as change, man, I'm running the same the carbon icon, same site I've had for, I don't know, <laughs> like seven years, a $30 cheap site, you know, uh, nothing wrong with that, head. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same Wayland Hooker release I've had for probably 12 years now. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm using the, the Ozio gear camo this year. How do you uh, like that? They, said, they love it, man. Um, their gears, it's nice. It's well thought out. Uh, their lightweight stuff is really light and seems to be, I put it, I mean, I beat the sh- out of it this summer. Their lightweight hoodie. I mean, I'm like, I'm trying to hurt it, break it. And it just keeps going. Like I'm going through like some brush stickers and it's holding up extremely well uh the the pants are, are nice and uh the cut's very nice though it's not super athletic you know like i don't i'm not a fan of the I, even though i'm a skinny guy like some of the athletic cuts it just gets real tight in the crotch and some of the stuff for me and i'm like yeah so their stuff it's cut good for hunting you know white tails you know i got you yep and uh the camo pattern i i take black and white pictures Every time I go out wearing it with the pants and the top and did a 20 yards in the swamp, you know, I put like the, put my camera on timer or whatever, go sit next to a tree or a bush. Uh, it just disappears, man. Like, it's like, I can't explain it. Cause you look at it like, nah, it ain't that good. But you look at it from a, you know, like a black and white standpoint, I'm like, it like, it's really phenomenal. Like if I wear uh, solid pants and that top, my pants stick out like a sore thumb. Really? But like my upper half just disappears. You're like, wow. It's just, it's strange when you look at it. You know, it's not like the, oh, you need the big open pattern to be successful. You know, like, you know, it's mimic after now and it just works. I mean, I've had some, I mean, I had a dude walk past me straight up. You know, the guy was scouting <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Like, I'm sitting, I'm doing a video actually. I'm doing like, like talking. I, I hear him coming. So I just stop. I mean, he passed within 15 yards. I had the pants and the top on, you know, and I just turned my back a little bit. Did he walk right past me? Like, no way. <laughs> never, never seen me. And I'm like, I did not see me. Like, I got like my tripod up, you know, and stuff like that. So I just turned my head, you know, because he's a killer. You know, he's a good deer hunter. Like, I know who he is. So I'm like, well, fuck, he sees me in here. You know, he knows something's good. So I'm like, I'm, and the fact that I seen him. I know there's something good in there. So I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cause he, 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 he targets big deer. So I'm like, all right, you're in here. Cool. Yeah. He knows you know, something's but, yeah, up. I mean, mm-hmm. but their, uh, stuff is, is cut nice. And they're, they're like, they sent me, uh, their whole, uh, kit there and their late season stuff. If you get cold in that stuff, there's something wrong with you. You need to go see a doctor because I mean, I put it my, put it on my house I, I got it in like what february whatever march and i was just out in my patio i was sweating i mean it was kind of cold <laughs> outside but i'm like man this stuff is brutal man i was like i'm gonna be warm <laughs> like it's almost like too warm because i don't like sweating because i walk a lot like I, i'll be a little cold in the tree it don't bother me you know like I, I can i can be cold for a few hours it's almost like i'm not freezing but it's like they're they're so i was like man you could sit all day and like five degree weather and this stuff didn't probably be warm yeah it's where nice. are they where are they out of uh south carolina you know and i had a lot of guys message me 
you know, because I've worn their hoodie in a lot of my videos and pictures and people are like, is it, is it nice stuff? It's like, dude, the, the lightweight stuff is great. It's, it's got a nice cut to it. It's kind of loose. And uh, their midweight stuff, I like midweight stuff anyway, you know, like a, a vest I do stuff too. like that. But like, yep. like their midweight pant just fits me good. And like their midweight hoodie, like like the midweight hoodie, like the cut's really good. I'm like, man, this is just, it's nice. And it's a little bit different too, you know, like it's, um, and like said, Joe Miles, you know, I remember seeing him on TV, you know, years ago, you know, it's like to actually have his, you know, see what he's doing is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, him, I, and, him, and Kevin, him and Kevin are doing some good stuff with that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I hunt, um, mostly all year out of midweight layers. You know what I mean? I have one yeah. set of like light layers for, you know, early season, obviously, but like, when it, you know when it starts even turning a little bit i'm mid-layered and honestly i'm i'm <clears throat> i used to be the guy that's like you got to have camo on but like to me yeah. now like i i don't know if i, I really don't know if there's a, a benefit to having camo or not but i find myself just like i wouldn't say not caring but like I wear a lot of solids, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've killed some, some damn good deer and some solid colors that they did not know I was there. <laughs> yeah. And for me, like for the camo is for me, it's like people, um, because I'm trying to like ev- avoid people too, because deer, as long as you're like not, not moving, like usually good with deer for the most part, as long as you just don't like start doing jump jacks in the tree, you know? And, but like for me, it's like people because I see guys here. Solid's really big in New Jersey now. Like it was growing up, Carhartts everywhere, like the brown. So like I'm used to seeing that in the tree. Yeah. Like I I can spot somebody wearing brown in a tree in a moment's notice. For me, it's like all right, there's somebody over there. Yeah. Like I know sure. that, that. And for me, like that's why I like camo is I'm trying to also trying to avoid people. Like I don't use bright color fletchings for the most part, or like all my stuff's kind of dulled down. Like I, I, I rattle cam my bow. You know, I try to avoid being seen by people, you know, yeah. more, more so than deer, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't disagree at all there. It's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I don't have the heart in me to rattle can my bow yet, but I, I can see <laughs> the, ben- I can see the benefit in it. You know what I mean? Um, you just you have so much invested in these bows and it's like god i really don't i want to keep it nice you know yeah well the the, the carbon icon I, I bought not last year, year before literally the day i bought i came home took it apart and sprayed it <laughs> that's funny and people were like why i was like well it, it's a carbon icon bow it's not exactly it's like they hang up a mantle place 40 years like you know a, a machine whatever like it's a great hunting bow yeah. So it's like, and I'm, when I buy a bow, especially if I like, I actually, I bought this bow for like full price. So it's like, I'm cheap. I'll run this thing until like snaps in half or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. or until somebody gives me another bow, you know, let's say, Hey, you want to shoot a bow? Sure. Is it free? Yes. I'll shoot it. I'm not buying one. Cause I have a bow that works at home, yep. you know? And like, then I beat the crap out of my bows. So it's like, I'm not reselling them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I have a lot of years of my bows. It gets to the point where five years, four years to get a new bell. It's like, I'll just give that one away. Like, I don't care. Like here, 50 bucks, take the bell, get there out of my go. sight, you know? Yep. Definitely. 
Well, cool, Greg. I appreciate you doing this, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm going to wrap her up here. It's been an hour and 20 minutes of great conversation. Oh, I could go yeah. probably for three more hours, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, get back to, like, the, like meeting people, like, the social media, meeting you guys that tack. Like, you Michigan folks are on another level, and you should pat yourself on the back because uh, I've traveled a lot, been to a lot of different places, and, and a lot of different avenues snowboarding and sports and michigan is a it's a it's a great place (laughs) i appreciate that man you know you should i don't know what you're doing uh in october but you should come out and uh do a little public land uh hunt with us we got a trip planned if you want to come out i'll I'll invite you (laughs) you know a lot of the guys that are going to be there yeah where are you going how about we talk about that uh, off record here in a minute? <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can uh, we can talk about that. But no, it's it's going to be a good trip. And um, I know Kevin Vistason, Deer Hunter Podcast, those guys yeah. are going to be there. Uh, the Latitude crew will be there. Um, I think Dan Infault's supposed to be coming. Um, Prime Archery guys, I think, are going to be there. Uh, With a little... Uh... Public, type, public land challenge type thing yeah kind of i think kevin is putting it on and he invited me up and uh my buddy david and i are going to go up and um it's going to be like a four yeah, i dave. think it's gonna be like a four-day deal um dave riley david riley yep he's gonna be he yeah, lives he, a hour south of me and he's gonna come up with me as well he's a fucking killer that guy man dude you uh, ain't just like, a kid dude like talking to him was like wow like him and I have a lot of same thoughts about deer and like times of year. It's like, wow, cool. It's like, it's great about hunting. It's like, I think some of my, for years, I was an October guy, certain dates. And these last couple of years, I met guys that I didn't really know about until you, you meet them and their dates. It's like, those are dates. I'm like, those are dates. I'm like, fuck yeah. High five. Yep. Cause people thought I was crazy for years. I'm like, those are the dates. I yep. was like, I have a wall full of deer. It says these are the dates. No, they're not the dates. And they meet other killers with a wall full of deer. It's like, wait, those are the dates. He's like, yes, I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. Yep. No, he is. Uh, I call him. Uh, I call him. I don't know if it's the best analogy for it, but I call him. Uh, you know, basically like a, a, a in the grass Andy May. Like um, yeah. he's dude. He'll he's uh, like I feel like he's could be on that level. Like he's just. I've scouted with him, you know, I've, I've been around him quite a bit and, and just, he just knows his stuff and he's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. He gets it. And yep. he understands it on like on the, uh, I guess the macro level, Yep, you know, yep. and a good dude. Enjoy, uh, enjoy his company up the tack. For sure, man. Well, cool. Let's wrap this up. Uh, right, again, man. Greg, I greatly appreciate it, man. I know we'll do it again. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, thank you very yeah. much, dude. All right, see you. All right, Greg, thank you very much, man, for coming on. It is greatly appreciated, guys. I'm going to remind you, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review. Um, That always helps in the rankings and uh, get this podcast in front of more people's ears, eyes, whatever. So thank you guys very much, and don't forget we'll be right here next week on The Fall Podcast.
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.